Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. And out of the book of Philippians, I want to read, I want to read a few scriptures that were written by the apostle Paul. All right. And I want to read these scriptures. And after I read these scriptures, then we're going to go ahead and dissect it. And we're going to get right into exactly what God wants for us all this morning. Um, You want to come back next week as this is just the intro for what I want to continue to share. And then tomorrow and then next week, I'll get into a little more of some of the stuff that I got to experience in Israel. And speaking of Israel, on your way out, on your way out. I brought these little uh, stars of David, and, and, and I, I brought enough for everybody. So on your way out, you're, we're going to hand one out to each and everybody. Make sure you take one with you. Your pastor was thinking about you. Oh, yeah. All right? I was thinking about you, and I said, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring back a souvenir for everybody. All right? So um, do not take two and three and four. Don't do that. Don't be that person. All right? Don't be, I'm going to take one to my uncle and my auntie. And No, no. This is for you because you made it here, and we want to be able to bless you. Uh, so on your way out, uh, Emmy is going to be uh, distributing those, uh, those uh, stars to you all. Those are a gift for me. Um, I purchased those. We were in Jericho, and the guy said, these are authentic. These are, the, these are made and carved out of um, uh, uh, a... Uh, a um, an olive tree, and and I'm looking at the back, and it said "Made in China." <laughs> Can't make up this stuff. Can't make up this stuff. So uh, I didn't know that there's a China in uh, Israel. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, let's get right into God's word this morning. And I already stepped in it this morning, early in the morning. All right, let's get right into the first scripture. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1. Listen to this question, and this is Paul, and and, and David emphasized that Paul is in prison, and David is in prison. He's writing this letter, and as he's he's writing this letter to the church in Philippi, this church, he writes to them because he can't be there physically, and he said, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? It's a rhetorical question. Any comfort from his love? Continue. Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Loving one another. Come on, guys, read with me. Loving one another. And and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be. Don't be. Don't be. Look at the person next to you. Don't say I. I just I, I just said look at the person next to you. Look out of the abundance of your heart. Husbands looking at you. Don't be. Don't be selfish. Don't try to be be thinking 
Whoa. Can we pause there for a moment? With this current climate in our culture, in our country, to think of others as, as better than yourselves. Four. Don't. Come on. For your own interest. But. Let that one sink in. The Apostle Paul is a church planter. And as a church planter, he is starting churches. And because of the distance, he wanted to stay connected with these churches. And he starts and he, he starts to provide them with ongoing support and counsel. And he does so by writing letters. And, and, and Philippians in the Bible is one of those letters that we have. These are one of the letters that Paul wrote to this church that he had started in Philippi. He loved this church. This was no ordinary church. This was a generous church. Somebody say generous church. Generous. See, the Christian movement was new. It was fresh. Not popular in comparison to other religious movements. See, the premise of this new movement, Christianity, wasn't to overthrow government and become a world power. No, this new movement, its premise, its basis, its, its foundation was to emphasize a life of love and treatment for others. That's what this new movement is all about. This new movement was a movement of forgiveness. Somebody say forgiveness. forgiveness. It was a movement of compassion. Somebody say compassion. compassion. It was a movement of peace. Somebody say peace. peace. It was a movement of joy. Somebody say joy. joy. And most importantly, it was a movement of generosity. Somebody say generosity. generosity. Now our focus this month is friendship. We're talking about Friendsgiving. And our theme for this month is friends given, not friends taken. <laughs> and many people are in relationships with people only till the stream of generosity dries out and runs out. And then they cut ties. If I don't, if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm not getting anything out of this, well, then I'm belling out. Meaning that if being your friend doesn't provide a stream of benefits, then I can't be invested in your life. Pastor Jose, uh, the assistant pastor here, covered how there are in our current times digital, transactional, and one-dimensional friends. He, he, he then went on to cover how friendship should always bring clarity and closeness. And, and then lastly, he, he shared with us how friendships should always promote an environment of growth. That's what friendships should provide. And today and next week, I want to cover the generosity in friendship. Generosity in friendship. Oh, look, some, and I, some look, I, he gonna collect an offering. He was out 10 days, he gonna collect an offering. Generosity in friendship. That's what we want to talk about generosity and friendship look at someone next to you and say friends should be generous 
I'm going to say that again. Friends should be generous. Paul said in the verses we just read, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? What is the encouragement in belonging to Christ? Paul is telling the church then, he's telling us today through his letter, that belonging to Christ ought to be encouraging. It ought to be encouraging. George said to me this morning, and I don't know if it was George or if it was Satan speaking to me. But, but he said to me, he said to me, he said to me, attendance is going to be light this morning. And I looked at him and I was like, Satan, devil, get behind me. <laughs> no, no, but he said, hey, it's going to be light. But you know what? I am so encouraged that you don't care about weather, that you don't care about what's... No, you said, I need to get to the house of the Lord so that I can be there and worship. Hey, don't worry, George. I'm going to redeem this later. I got a good story for it. Man, he just called me Satan. I'm leaving. <laughs> Paul, Paul is telling his church... That we ought to be encouraged. That there is encouragement in serving Christ. How does belonging to Christ translate into encouragement? Well, Paul then follows up with a slew of rhetorical questions. He said, are your hearts tender and compassionate? That's, that's for us. Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Husbands, this is for you. Do you have tender hearts? Soften it up. Lighten up. Are you compassionate? He then says, are you wholeheartedly agreeing with others? Are you loving one another? Are you working with one mind and like-minded purpose? See, the heart of a Christian man and the heart of a Christian woman is unlike the heart of the people of this dark world. There is a difference between the people of the world and the people of the kingdom. There is a contrast. There's a big difference. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Look at this difference because I want you to hold on to this. I want you to hold on to this. Here we go. For we... For we... For we, how dearly God loves us. How, how, how much does God love? How much does God loves us? How much? Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to what? To what? To what? To fill our hearts with? With whose love? With whose love? Our hearts are filled by the Holy Spirit with God's love. If you are a believer and you call yourself a follower of Jesus, if you are here and you call yourself a Christian, those that are watching us online, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, your heart by way of the Holy Spirit has been filled with God's love. Now, if my heart is filled with God's love, then whose love am I loving people with? Did you hear that question? If my heart has been filled with God's love, then whose love am I loving people with? Whose love am I loving my wife with? Huh? Huh? Yeah. 
What happened? God's love. Whose love am I loving my, my husband with? Not your love. God's love. And that is provided to you by way of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then Paul transitioned and he says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. This one here gets me. Think of others as better than yourselves. Ouch. Luis said it's hard. Hard is it's hard, Luis. That's hard. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. I could stop there and just, just talk to our couples. Where love is one-sided. Interest is one-sided. Paul says, no, not in the kingdom. You are using someone else's love. This is, this is a, a borrowed love that he has given you. So that on earth, on earth, you can, can feel what heaven is like. To sum it up, Paul wants his church to be selfless. Somebody say selfless. selfless. A selfless Christian is a generous Christian. A, a, a selfless Christian is a, a generous friend. Cares to see others around better off than they are. And celebrates that they're better off. You have a, better, you have a bigger house. Yes! Glory be to God that God has blessed you that much. You, your, your, your children are all, what? yes, God bless you. And I praise God for all that he's doing in your life. Your job is better. Everything is better in your life. Yes, I celebrate that and I give glory to God. You know, that's in contrast to what this world does. A generous friend shows and it demonstrates a constant readiness to give more of something than is expected. Just want to give more. I want to give more. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 through 11. For God is the one who All right. Who provides? God is the one who provides for the farmer and then bread to eat. Who provides? Who provides? If you're in this place and you think your, your status, you think it's your title, you think it's your degree that's providing in your home, you have another thing coming to you. God provides. Here we go. Next. In the same way, he will provide and increase. And, increase. And, increase. and increase your resources. And then produce a what? Great of generosity. Where? In you. Where? In you. All right, some people don't like listening to that. And I want you... Next, verse 11. Yes. yes. You will be enriched. In some ways. So that you... Take me out to lunch and then make me pay. (laughs) 
Pastor, you want to do lunch? Yeah, let's do lunch. Time comforted check. You start looking at your watch. Reaching into your back pocket all slow. Go back to the scripture. <laughs> you will be enriched in every way so that you can always. You can what? Always be generous. Always be generous. This is this is this is the way of life. This is the currency of those that live in that that live and follow Jesus as Lord and Savior. We are a generous people. We are a generous people. And this and I'm not talking about being generous in the church. I'm talking about generous along the way. We are a generous people. This isn't a feeling that comes and goes, but it is an attribute as a result of God's enrichment in every way in your life that makes us generous as Christians, as believers. Friendship can be tested in generosity. The quality of friend that you are is measured and is gauged in your willingness to give. Let me say that again. The quality of friendship that you are is measured and gauged in your willingness to give. I remember when uh, David and Alexis got married. Uh, Becky got generous and gave away our sofas. The house. <laughs> Didn't talk to me. She just got generous and, and, and gave away our sofas. Uh, baby, baby. They're okay. They got good jobs. <laughs> and, and, and so she gave away our furniture for their first apartment. And, and, and then... And then it's almost like she was pausing and waiting to see what I would give. That's enough. You know, you got so <laughs> So I remember I gave, I gave, I gave away my TV and, and this this old, older TV. I they can take that too. And it was a, like a 55 inch TV. And, and so I gave them this, they, I gave them the TV and, and I hadn't even said, I didn't even finish saying you can take the TV. David had already been halfway loading it. Like, <laughs> And he's taking his big TV and stuffing it and, and, and his Honda Civic. <laughs> and um, so they take, they take the furniture and they leave. And as they're leaving, um, George, see, George, this is where I'm redeeming myself. George showed up and George's like, going, yeah, what's going on here? I'm like, you know, man, my kids, she just, they're just getting married and, and they got their apartment. So we want to do our, our thing to be generous and bless and and you know, we're sewing our seat. Oh man, what's up? Yeah. Yo, he had the TV too. I said, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Took that too. And then George goes, I got a brand new TV sitting in my kitchen, just sitting there in a box. Hasn't been touched, hasn't been used. You want it? And he hadn't even finished asking me if I wanted it. And I was like, I was cleaning up and said, bring it in. <laughs> and, he, and he brought the TV in. <laughs> And he brought the TV and I was like, this is how generosity works. This is how generosity works. <laughs> huh? Yeah, and, and we just moved out the house. We just uh, sold our house. And, and we, man, we have been so generous giving everything away. <laughs> Lord, Lord, Lord. But look at David. <laughs> 
But my point is that the quality of friend that you are is measured and gauged in your willingness to give. In your willingness to give in every situation. In your willingness to give. You know, before I went to Israel, my, my sister, my little sister calls me and she's like, hey, I, I, I want to drop something. And she is, she barely walking. She's not well and she barely walking. And she was bringing an offering for me to, barely like, no, 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 stop. It's the willingness to give. The willingness to give. And, 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 and she knows. And, and, and so I, I told her, I said, so that we won't have conflict. I said, I'm receiving it and I'm going to give it right back to you as a seed. So, so you saw how I did that loophole? I received it, and then I gave it right back to her, and I sold it right back. But, but my point is, my point is that quality of friend is measured and gauged in your willingness to give, not receive and take. And Frank, and Frank said this, this young girl said, no one has ever become poor by giving. No one has ever become poor by giving. When I talk about being a generous friend, I'm not talking about giving money. Notice, I'm not talking about giving money. I'm, I'm talking about giving of the things that you can give where, when, and how is needed. Again, I'm not talking about money. There are many things that we can give of generously. Somebody say time. time. Give her time in people's lives. Helping, giving a helping hand. Find out what people are needing. Volunteer. Hey, bro, I'm going to show up. I'll be there. You're moving? Yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there to help you. Children need tutoring. Help and tutoring. Get involved in mentorship programs. Reading. There are people that need help. Read. Get involved. Be generous in homeless shelters. Be, be, be generous in elderly centers. Food banks. There's so much. There's so many ways for us to be involved and be generous. And as Christians, we ought to look for the daily opportunities to think of others as better than ourselves. To think of others as better than ourselves. Too many times the opportunities arise and we just don't recognize them because we've become enamored with our betterment and what feels good to us and for us. The Bible calls this a sign of the last days. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. This is Paul writing to his protege, and he says, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, in the last days there will be very difficult Continue. For the people will love, love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful, proud, scuffing at God. That, that means to mock God, if you, for those that don't know what that means. Disobedient. Oh, disobedient. Disobedient to their parents. And they will consider nothing. They will consider nothing. They will consider nothing. Dad isn't sacred. Mom isn't sacred. Woman isn't sacred. Man isn't sacred. Gender isn't sacred. Nothing is sacred. 
They will consider nothing sacred. Continue. They will be and they will slander others and have no self-control. They will be and hate what is good. What is good? Come on. They will betray. You ever been betrayed, guys? Don't that hurt? Don't you want to punch somebody in the face? Like, like, right? You ever feel like that? You just like, oh man. Well, they puffed up with, with, and love rather. God, continue. They will. This is what churches are filled with today. Actors, religious actors. Seriously, religious actors. I come in on Sunday, I put in my acting costume, and then I act for an hour, two hours, and then after the service, Monday through Saturday, I am identical like Satan. Identical like the world. Why? Because it's an act. But they will reject the power that could make them. Godly and religious are two different things. Stay Paul tells Timothy, you need to know, Timmy, you need to know this, Timmy. People loving themselves over others is a sign of the last days. People loving their money over others is a sign of the last days. Boastful and proud people are a sign of the last days. Mocking and mockers of God is a sign of the last days days. Disobedient children and ungrateful people is a sign of the last days. People who consider nothing sacred is a sign of the last days. Unloving and unforgivable people, people who slander others and have no self-control is a sign of the last days. People who are cruel and hate what is good people that betray their friends and are reckless and puffed up with pride and love pleasure is a sign of the people who act religious and reject the power that can make them godly truly godly is a sign of the and here we are looking at there's a war coming oh that's a sign of the last days no look at your home That's the fulfillment of the prophecy. Prophecy, pay attention to your home. Pay attention to yourself, to your conduct. If you are a teen, if you are a college student, how do you treat your parents? Patrick came angry from Israel. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't didn't I? Then I'm trapped down. I'm a lover of God. <laughs> Everything that I've covered and I've described in this list is a sign of the last days. It is not the current conduct of God's children. God's children are nothing like that list. Did you hear that? God's children are nothing like that list. 
And if you're calling yourself a believer, a follower of Christ, you better line up with that. It's not about how much word you are memorizing and how hard you sing and stomp your feet and how many prophecies you can prophesy. No, can you align up with that list? Amen. We are living in the last days where we have an elaborate, uh, an elaborate uh, uh, we, listen, I don't know about you guys, but think about this. We have elaborate pride parades. Pride parades for culture. Pride parade for ethnicity. Pride parade for race. Pride parades for gender and sexuality. Pride. And Christians are involved in it. Pride of any kind is in stark contrast of what God wants from his children. The, the word pride means a feeling. This is the dictionary. This is the dictionary. This is what the this is the scripture. This is the the, the, the definition of the of the dictionary. It says a feeling of, di of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements. The quality of having an excessively high opinion of oneself or one's importance. That's pride. We're celebrating pride this month. I, I can't share in that. I'm, I'm called to be humble. I'm called to be meek. I, I'm called to think of others as better. Oh, my race, my people. Puerto Rico, Mexico. Man, God calls us to treat others as better. Chew on that one. Scriptures tell us that we are to think of others as better, better than ourselves, and not only stop there, but to look out only for, listen, but not to look out for our own interest, but to take an interest in others. Every time we make decisions in our daily lives that involves another person and we come out on top, we're violating this sacred principle. Every time. Let me say that again. Every time that we make decisions in our daily lives that involves another person and we come out on top, We are violating the sacred principle. And you may say, well, that's definitely not me because I'm a good person. Everybody knows that. They tell me all the time, you're such a good person. And Israel, this, this lady said to me, you have a good heart. I can tell you have a good heart. You don't know me good enough. <laughs> let, let me give you some small examples of of decisions that we make in our daily lives involving others where we come out on top and sometimes we celebrate it. Something as simple as returning a shopping cart back to its place after you use it. Let, let me say that again. Something as simple as returning a shopping cart back to its place tells others that you're thinking about someone else as better than yourself. You know how many times people grab a shopping cart, just kick it, kick it, 
and just keep walking like it, it means nothing. Cleaning after your children at a restaurant. For those people that work in the, in the restaurant industry, to, to see the conduct of people, they can pay for it. Teach your children how to value the life of others above. Wiping things down when you, I talk, our, our ushers know how many times I say this. Our ushers know how many times I say, when you go and use the restroom at Scarlet No, and you are one of the ones that minister onto others, before you leave, make sure you do what? You do what? Wipe down the counters. Why? First impression, someone is going to come in, and they'll come in and they'll see a fresh, clean bathroom. Why? Because someone else is thinking about someone else. David and I and, and, and Becky, we drove to Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia for a wedding. I was so happy to drive. 13 hours. Could have taken a plane for an hour and 30 minutes. But no, because I think of my wife is better. I drove 13 hours. And David and... and, and and, and Alex were with us, and we decided to stop at uh, South, uh, South Carolina. We stopped at this rest, rest stop. And when we got off, and we went to use the, 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 the restroom, there was a gentleman standing on guard at the door, and he said, come, these are. David, what did he say? Nice and clean. Nice and clean. Come, use these restrooms. They are nice clean and while we're in there using the bathroom aren't they nice and clean reminding us how nice and clean the restrooms were it was to the point where it was a bit <laughs> uncomfortable I really need to use this restroom and he wanted to emphasize his hard work for what he did and we were going out. And I was forced to give the guy a tip. You just give him. And, 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 and he, he gave us a map, David. He, he was like, he became some like liaison of South Carolina. He gave us a map. He gave us souvenirs and stuff. I just used the bathroom. <laughs> but he took pride in what he was doing. And we told him how much we, we, we stopped to tell him, thank you very much for your hard work. And, and thank you for keeping things like this. We really appreciate this. Allowing someone else to take your place in a line is thinking of others. Uh, giving up a parking spot. I want you to think about some of the atrocities that you hear on TV. People shooting and killing each other over stupid things. Tipping generously and not saying to yourself and others, oh, they get paid enough. Oh, they get paid enough. We ain't got them. Don't, don't, don't. How dare you? There, there, there is a God up above that's looking at your generosity and how you treat others. Walk by a trash, trash can, and you see dirt on the floor or a bottle or something. Walk by and kick it. You pause, you take a moment. 
You know, I was in Israel and, and I had souvenirs in one hand. I had my notebook and, and books from the lectures that we had to attend. And then I had my suitcase stuff in the back and I'm making my way through the lobby and I'm getting to the elevator and the elevator door is open and I'm getting there and there's this beautiful older lady just sitting there and she's smiling at me and I'm running to the door, running to the door and as she's smiling at me, she hits the button <laughs> and she's just smiling at me and I'm running and in slow motion, the door is closing and I'm like, and she's just with that sinister look and she got satisfaction as the door closed. Oh, wow. 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 And I was like, I know that these are some small things that they may be insignificant, but I, I, I know that some of them may sound like I'm nitpicky, but developing a heart in small things such as these will help us develop a heart for the bigger things. For, for the bigger things. Someone's going to give you a bottle of water. You, you take, you, just give them water. You take off the cap. I, I, we did a Shabbat dinner. And a Shabbat dinner is the Sabbath. And, and there's no work done or anything. 27 pastors. How many? 27, 27 pastors. And about six of them were probably three times my size. And... It was love. It was just love. That's all I said. It was love. And, and 27 pastors going into this house and, the, and the, the spread that they prepared for us. And to see all these young little girls from 16 all the way down to 9 waiting to serve us. Serving us. Serving us. And what can we get for you? And here we are in the first entree. And they were just serving the whole time. And dad and mom was sitting at the other side of this table watching their little girls serve others. And then they cleaned up around and they put things away. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, where do you, when do you see this in America? And I want to leave you with these words. These are the words of Jesus out of Matthew chapter 25. I was hungry. You fed me. I was thirsty. You gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. Let me stop there for a second. I want you to know that we have people in this congregation that have no family outside of our Sunday service. Let me, I'm going to say this again. We have families here that have no family outside of the people that are here. And as we get all wrapped up in our, our, our Thanksgiving meals and our celebrations, how are we reaching out to the people in, this, in, in our immediate community to say we genuinely love? I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick. You cared for me. I was in prison. You visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did you, when did we ever see you hungry and, and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? 
or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Let's stand to our feet. Good, I'm glad, I'm glad six of you got that. I want all eyes closed in this place. As we leave here this morning, I want us thinking about our generosity with others. Where do we place others in our relationship? Starting husband and wives, your treatment of each other. When do you pause to think of husband before yourself? To say, I'm thinking about my husband first. Husbands, when do you pause to think about your wife first and as better? Children for your parents. So Heavenly Father, I pray that in this place, there is an overwhelming outpouring of your generosity. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.